Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Uh, We are going to jump into our last message in this series. I've heard from so many of you what a blessing this series has been to you, and so kind of sad to see it come to an end, but we are in the seventh week of the series, How to Live Through a Bad Day, and before we get there, I just want to share one thing. Uh, While today marks the end of this series, you know what next Sunday is, right? It's Easter, that's right, and let me just share with you this, that Easter is kind of like the Super Bowl Sunday for us, right? It's a it's a big day. There's so many people that are looking for a church to attend on Easter and Christmas. Two times a year, they're looking for a church, right? People are readily open and receptive to an invitation to your church because they're looking for one. In fact, that's part of my story. It was Easter 2010 that a friend of mine invited me to church. Now, I had grown up in church, but I had walked far away from God and was not attending a church. And my friend invited me to a church in Uh, Pickerington called C3 Church. And I remember going there, and my wife and I loved the experience so much because the pastor was funny. Like, I'm just being honest with you. He was hysterical, and I had never never connected on any level like that with, with a pastor and said, man, that was just great. And so we went back the next week, and then the next week. And through that process of hanging out at that church, I was, you need to know about me, that I was addicted, my marriage was failing, I had bitterness inside of me and a rage towards God and towards people in the church. I was broken. And my pastor there reached out and said, hey, let's go get coffee. He just wanted to know my story. And many of you have heard this before, how I sat down in front of him and just kind of bared my soul and said, well, listen, I know why we're talking here. I'm not going to give. You're not getting any of my money. I'm not going to serve. I'm not putting any of my time here. And you just need to know, like, the only reason I'm at your church is because you're funny. Are you okay if I continue to come? Like, I was just bearing how how broken I was to him. And he looked at me and said, Aaron, it would be an honor to have you at our church. And I'm going to tell you, that was the turning point for my life. When I experienced God's grace and God's love in such a beautiful way, here I was just displaying all that I was, all all the ways that I was broken, and all the things I was not going to do to fit into his community. And he loved me and extended grace. But back up a little bit. I never would have had an opportunity to sit with my pastor and had coffee with him had somebody not invited me to church. And so you need to understand, your invitation matters. It matters. People are already looking for a church on Easter Sunday, so take opportunity to invite somebody personally. Facebook is great. Using the invitation is great. Personally invite somebody. Look at them eye to eye and say, I'd love for you to come to church with me. In fact, I'll pick you up. I'll save you a seat. We'll sit together, and I'll buy lunch afterwards. Right? Come on, somebody. The Bible says compel them to come into God's house, right? If you've got to compel them by buying them lunch, what's that? You want to impact somebody's eternity and their, their journey. Having said all that, I am super excited today because my pastor, Pastor Conan Stevens of C3 Church, is here today. Please welcome him as he comes to the stage to wrap up our series.
All right. Well, it is an incredible privilege to be here today, man. And, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the story of, of Pastor Aaron, as you now know him, uh, I, I remember that very well. Man, Aaron and Shanda came in and, uh, you know, he was. He was broken. But how many know God does an amazing work in our hearts? He does. And he changes us. Yeah. And so it was kind of cool, right? I had a chance to baptize Aaron and uh, saw, saw him just grow leaps and bounds. And then he started leading a small group. And that small group didn't stay small very long. And I said, I think this guy's got something. In fact, I think there's a call of God on his life to plant a church. And I remember going to him and said, Aaron, are you called of God to plant a church? And it was, he's like, ah, I think I am. And so, uh, you know, from that, simple church. And so that is just an incredible, incredible story of God's redemption, of God's power, and really of what God is doing. And so uh, I just want you to know that there is, there's a church in Pickerington, Ohio, that is rooting for you, that is praying for you, that believes in you. And here's the amazing thing. We're one big family. It's awesome. In fact, I've had people go, you know, hey, we moved on the other side of, you know, the other side of Reynoldsburg now, and I'm not sure it's a little far. And I go, hey, I know a great church. So, uh, well, you know, I've referred people here at times. And uh, so I just, again, we're, it's, it's what I love. It's about building the kingdom of God. And I know, that, I know that's your pastor's heart, and that's our heart as well. And so we're in this thing together that all of Columbus would know Jesus. Amen. Amen. Cool. Well, I'm excited today to, to be here, honored and uh, you know, kind of land this plane on this series. I guess this is number seven, is that right? In this series, as we talk about how to live through a bad day. I don't know if any of you have ever had a bad day. Okay, some of you like, hopefully not today, but uh, maybe other day. I remember a while back, it was a Saturday, I was going to do, officiate a wedding. Summertime last summer, I'm driving to officiate this wedding, and I run over something, and I get a flat tire. I'm like, oh, man. So I text the bride or the groom. I said, hey, bro, I'm going to be there, but it's only going to be like 15 minutes early. So literally, I take my jacket off. I change this tire. I was trying to be like the, the Indiana 500 pit crew. You know what I'm saying? So change that tire. You know, was there. The wedding went good and, and the reception. I get home that night, and I'm like, I want to see what's in my tire. So I grab a pair of pliers, and, I'm like, Ooh, and I pull out. It was a piece of metal. It was a, it was a metal cross. I'm like, what in the world? Like, Lord, what are you trying to teach me, right? It was a joke, but I looked and I said, what? So I go in my house, same day, and like literally my, my kitchen sink has stopped. I'm like, really? It's like late now. It's getting late in the evening. So I'm working on that. I go downstairs, and I'm trying to find my pipe goes at least like 30 feet. I'm like, who designed this? Okay, to get to the drop. So literally I find it. You've ever had that stuff fall upon, rain down upon you? How many know it's not the most pleasant smell in the world? You know what I'm talking about? I was just there going. No, it was bad. I didn't do that. Covered in it like really. I get it fixed. Now it's like 11 o'clock at night. I'm covered in the funk. I just want to get a shower. I go. I get a shower. When I'm done, I turn the water and it won't turn off. I'm like, is this really happening right now? You know, it was just one of those days. Maybe you've had one of those days, right? We're learning really from the life of Christ through this series, How to Live Through a Bad Day. And we see this in Hebrews 12, uh, verse 2, where uh, the Scripture says this, right? Keep your eyes, keep your eyes on Jesus, uh, who both began and finished this race that we're in. And then I love that phrase, right? Study how he did it. And I realize that's what this whole series is about, studying how he did it. So let's jump into lesson, really lesson seven in this series. We see uh, in Luke chapter 23, again, here is Jesus. He's on a cross. And it's now the sixth hour, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. So this is the middle of the day when the sun should be the brightest, a darkness falls. 
And then we see, for the sun had stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Now that's hugely significant, because now no longer do we have to go through a man to go to God the Father, but now because of Jesus, amen, what Christ did on the cross through his death and resurrection, we now have access to God the Father, which is, that's a whole nother message, series upon series upon series. And here's what he says. Jesus then calls out in a loud voice. He says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Uh, And when he had said this, he breathed his last. And so here is the seventh lesson that we're going to kind of land this series with is this. Finally, surrender your day to God and let it go. I mean, no, that's easy to say, but that can be hard to do sometimes, right? And so today I want to talk about something that has no doubt affected every one of us in this room. Some of us in this room are living with this right now. For, for, for many who wrestle with this, it has created ulcers, maybe migraines, high blood pressure. Okay, a lot of bad stuff. You know where I'm going. Some of you are worried right now because you know what I'm about to say. Yes, it is worry, okay? I want to talk today about worry. I looked it up in the dictionary. Here's what it says. To torment with cares, anxieties, trouble, and plague. I've known some friends and family, they worry about everything. You know, again, some of you are like, I'm worried now that you're going to talk about this, okay? I had an aunt who, who she worried, I mean, about things that shouldn't even be worried upon. She worried and worried. And one time I talked to her and I said, hey, how you doing? She's like, well... Things are going really good right now, and that worries me. I'm like, what? She said, I'm worried because things are going too good. She was worried about not having anything to worry about. Now, maybe, hopefully, we don't relate with that, but maybe there's times that we do. And so uh, I remember one time I was a state youth director. I'm running this paintball tournament, and so we had like 20, 25 teams showing up. We're raising money for missionaries, and uh, I had a whole team of youth pastors Again, being the state youth director at the time, helped me put this on. So they all had a job. You got one job, man, right? Paint the paintballs. One guy researched it. Another guy had the air and the registration in the fields, and we had, you know, divvied it all out. We show up. You know, we were meeting for months. And literally the night before the paintball tournament at 5 o'clock on a Friday, the guy who's in charge of the air, which if you know anything about a paintball gun, they don't shoot without air. You can't have a tournament without air. And he says, we got a problem, man. I go, we don't have problems. We have opportunities for solutions. And he's like, okay, well, here's, we need a big opportunity. We've got a big opportunity here. Long story short, he goes, hey, uh, the, thing I, the, the plan I had for air, it kind of fell through and it's not working. Long story short, we're going to have no air for these paintball guns. You know, I wanted to reach through the phone and choke this guy. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm freaking out a little bit because it is 5 o'clock on a Friday. I'm calling every air company in Columbus, and they're all closed, and they don't open until Saturday at 9 or 10 a.m. The tournament's supposed to start at 9. I am, like, freaking out. I remember laying in my bed at night, staring at the ceiling, going, I can feel, like, the ice going through my veins. You ever been there before where worry you actually feel it? It's like this heaviness swamped me, and I'm like, oh, dear God. Finally, I'm like, Lord, I don't see a way out of this. I need a miracle. Right? It was bad. I realized I was going to have to face that tomorrow. All those people who showed up to play in this tournament, sorry, guys, but we'd like to keep your entry fee to give it to the missionaries. I mean, what do you say? You know, but go home. It was bad. I show up the next day, and I'm talking to a guy half hour before. I'm about to stand up and give this announcement. And he, he owned a paintball field close. One of his teams were playing. He's like, 
I got a whole garage full of air canisters that we can bring. I was like, listen, I was doing a dance. I ain't going to lie. Literally, though, I felt God in heaven like, why'd you worry? Why'd you worry? I'm like, I don't know. It's one of those moments. Maybe for many of us in this room, we do, we wrestle with worry. I want to talk about that. Today I want to talk about, again, we surrender. God desires us to surrender and to let go. But we, we fall into this worry trap. And it is a trap. Here's what the scripture says in Psalms 31. It says this, free me from the trap that is set for me. It's talking to God. For you are my refuge. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Redeem me, O Lord, the God of truth. Now, I want to talk about a trap today. Now, this is not a mouse trap. This is a rat trap. Come on, somebody, right? This, this is, my kids were looking at this as I was messing around with this on the, on the dinner table, and they're like, they'll say, will that break your finger? I said, ah, this one would break your finger. I said, a mouse trap will hurt your finger. This one, just like it almost broke my finger, will break your finger. So I'm going to set this. There's something about a trap, though. Let's see if I can do this without uh, killing myself here. Okay. There's the trap. I'm just going to throw it in the... No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but here's the thing about this trap. A trap, that we'll say the prey, in this case the rat, doesn't know it's a trap. How many know if we knew it was a trap, we would never go toward the trap, right? So whether it's camouflage, whether it's kind of hidden, we don't know it's a trap. Secondly, there is bait on the trap. Right? So something is baiting the prey toward the trap. It looks good. On this, it would be a piece of cheese. It would be some peanut butter. And that rat's like, man, that looks really good. It looks harmless. Let me, wham, let me try it. Okay? And then thirdly, the trap, eventually it, it contains us. It traps us. It holds us captive. Okay? And this, there is this giant spring right there that pushes that thing down and, boom, holds the prey. And it is, it is a, a trap. And for some of us in this room, we, we have fallen into the trap of worry, right? We, we headed down that path of we're worried about failing. We're worried about not being enough. We're worried about not having enough. We're worried about if something bad could happen. We worry about our health. We worry about our finances. We worry about our kids. We worry about our jobs. We worry about the economy. We worry about, I mean, we can go on and on, and it can own us. And it's the snowball that moves us down this path. It's, it's all of the... What ifs? What if I fail? What if the plane crashes? <laughs> what if my car doesn't start? What if I don't have enough money to pay the bills? We, our kid coughs. <coughs> what if, right? That's something horrible. What if my health? What if, what if? The, tor the tornado sirens. What if? And we can live in this land of what if. And if we're not careful, we can become trapped. It's this worry trap, and it's endless. And here's what happens. Fear is magnified, and it snowballs. My friend Ken here in the blue jumpsuit, don't ask how he lost his hand. I don't know. This is borrowed, okay? In the trap. It could have very well have been. So here is Ken, and Ken sees the trap. He don't see the trap, but he sees the bait. Oh, and pretty soon he starts worrying, and he's worrying, and he's worrying. Don't do it, Ken! Don't do it! He's worried. You see where this is going? Ah, ah, Ken gets it. I told my kids today, they're like, Dad, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to go play with dolls on a stage. And they're like, Dad, you're kind of weird. I know, but I hope they grasp what I'm trying to say. Here are the truth about Ken. Ken in his blue jumpsuit. Let me out. This hurts so bad. Why? Why me? Why me? Actually, the word worry is taken from a Greek word, worgen, which means to choke or constrict. Doesn't that feel like worry? 
You ever been worried? It like chokes the life out of us. And so here is the scripture, right? It talks about this trap that is set for us. Now, here's what I know. What would happen, though, if we could, like, identify the trap before we get stuck in it? We look and go, oh, wait, I ain't touching that. How many know if poor Ken here knew what was about to happen to him, he would have never stuck his head in this, okay? So what does that trap look like? I think we have to realize that worry, this worry trap, worry is rooted in fear. So this fear of not enough, what if, not having enough, you know, it's, it's all of these things that could go wrong. And this worry trap, it multiplies the fear. The scripture says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. The scripture says, perfect love casts out all fear. So if we're full of love, there's no room for fear. Anxiety and worry is, is a form of fear. Okay, And so worry is rooted in fear. Worry, when you really look at what this trap is, worry is not trusting. Worry is not who it, not trusting God. When I worry, am I really trusting God? In fact, worry is putting more trust in the what-ifs than I do in God. Well, what if, what if, what if? Really? I'm putting trust. So, so really, when you break that down even more, worry is faith in reverse. Think about that. I am putting faith in things that have not happened. I am putting faith in things that could happen more than I put my faith in God. That's huge. Faith is, or worry is faith in reverse. It's faith in the total opposite direction. So for some of us that go, I don't have faith. Listen, if you worry, you got a ton of faith. You just got to turn it, turn it around, turn it around. Aim it toward Jesus. Aim it toward Jesus. I love what, what the scripture says in Matthew 6. This is Jesus talking. He's teaching. He goes, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. He says, whether you have enough food or drink, enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. Can you see Jesus? He's teaching this outside. Hey, he says, look around. Look at the birds. He said this, they don't plant or harvest, or store food in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you more valuable than they are? Yeah, I, can, I can see Jesus teaching this, right? Worry. So what is it that we worry, worry, worry? Maybe some of us find ourselves here. What is Jesus saying to us? He goes, you can't add a single moment to your life. I know some of us have probably shaved off some hours of our life worrying. Anybody there? You're like, why? Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, you know. He says this, it's not going to change tomorrow, so we, we, need, we need not to worry. I think the truth is this, worry is a fear. When we are born, we're only born with two fears. As, a, as an infant, the fear of falling, the fear of loud noises. Every other fear is learned behavior. So what is worry? It's a learned behavior. We have literally taught ourselves how to fear. And when we look in Scripture, here's Jesus going, don't do it. He said, don't do it. So how do we set ourselves free from the trap of worry? Worry. I want to I go there. So again, surrendering our day to God, letting it go. I believe it starts with this. I want to take you to the scripture in Philippians 4. Philippians 4, 6. Here's what the scripture says. It says this. Do not be anxious about anything. Okay, there's that worry, anxious. But in every situation by prayer. Prayer. So here is the scripture going. The very first thing we need to do is we need to take this to God. Lord, I, I give this to you. I, Lord, I'm stuck. I'm feeling this. This is, this is not fun. Ken, is this fun? It's not fun. Okay, so what do we need to do? We need to firstly take it to God in prayer. It's that communication. 
You know, last night my daughter, she's 13 years old, and uh, anytime my 13-year-old daughter wants to talk to me, I am game. So last night it was kind of late. I needed to get home and do a couple things, right? And she, she says, Dad, can we talk? I picked her up from, her, from all these girls at our church. We're meeting somewhere like 9, 9.30. I said, yeah. So we go through Mickey D's and got a vanilla ice cream cone. Come on, somebody. So I'm sitting in the parking lot, and she's like, Dad, I'm kind of worried about something. And I said, First, I was honored as her father that she would, especially a 13-year-old girl, that she would want to talk to me. So I am listening. We're having this conversation. And as a, as a loving father, I'm incredibly blessed that my child brought this to me, right, the worries of her heart. And so here's the scripture. Man, when God sees us, we're his children. He's like, I want to have this conversation. We need to, we need to pray. Prayer is that, you know, I say like prayer is that form of worship. And the more we worship, the less we worry. You can't worship and worry at the same time. You know, they, they say we can't have more than one emotion. You can't, like, be angry and happy at the same time. You're the one or the other. So when we're worshiping, wow, we're putting our focus on God. It's changing things. So the Scripture says we need to pray. Secondly, let's look at that Scripture, Philippians 4, 6. It says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving. There's something powerful about this gratitude. So we have this pray. We need to pray, and we need to thank God. How many know that? that literally gratitude that changes our attitude. You ever notice that when you're grateful? And there's times in my life where I feel worried, and I'll say, Lord, I take this to you. And then I go, God, I just want to thank you for the amazing things you've done in my life. God, I want to thank you for all the blessings. Lord, you have come through time and time and time again. Thank you, Father. So here's what's crazy. When you do that, it starts to build up your faith. It turns our faith from the worry and puts it where it needs to be on Jesus. Then suddenly it begins to change us, changes our attitude, changes our mindset, changes our emotions. Our emotions always follow our decisions. So when we decide to put our eyes on Jesus, we decide to go to him in prayer, we decide to thank him, it changes us. Let me give you another one, right? It says we are to pray, thank, and then present. Look what that scripture says. By what? But in everything, by every situation. <laughs> I love it. Every situation, not some situations. Every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. It says this, present. Present. Now, if somebody presents you with something, what do they do? They hand it to you. If they present this to you, it means to give away in a ceremony or officially. Jesus, I am presenting you with this worry. I'm giving it to you. Now, when we, many times we'll give things to God. Lord, I give it to you. And then God doesn't do like we think he should do. And we're like, give me that. We take it back. Why do we take it back? There's been times I've went to an altar and I, Lord, I give it to you. I give it to you. You're not, you're not answering my prayer like, that, like I thought you should, nor in the time frame that I thought you should. So I'm going to take it back. It's not what we are to do. We are to pray. We are to think. And we are to present. We are to give him our worry. Then look what the scripture says. And then what happens? All of this equals peace. Pray plus thank plus present equals peace. Look at verse 7. This is powerful. It goes on and says this. And the peace of God, which transcends right all understanding, which means, translation, it's going to blow your mind, right? God wants to go blow our minds like, Lord, this is beyond my understanding. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart's in your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know about you. I want to live like that. So as I pray, and as I thank, and as I present, what does he do? It frees me from the trap, and I am able to live 
wow, under the peace of God, transcends my mind, beyond all understanding, that is the peace that will guard our hearts and our minds. Here's what I know about Scripture. The Word of God is full of promises. Promises are conditional. And here's what I mean. God's like, hey, if you do this, I will do this. And God always comes through. He's like, hey, hey, if you trust me, if you pray, when you're feeling worried and anxiety and all that, when you pray, if you'll pray and you'll thank me and you'll really give it to me, then my peace that passes all understanding, you'll walk in it. Well, guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. That is a promise. So when we literally walk this out, we walk free. I don't know about you, I want to walk free. Some of us in this room, we, we may have come in looking like Ken here. But you know what God desires through his word and through his promises and through his power to set us free. I'm here to say this. You can walk free in the midst of everything, in the midst of your crazy life. Sometimes things happen around us and we may find ourselves in a crazy situation. I look at Jesus on the boat. The storms are raging. He's sleeping. Disciples are panicking, freak out mode. And Jesus is like, what's going on, fellas? Right? Peace be still. <sighs> Calms it. He desires to do that for us. Here's the truth. It's almost like this worry, it can consume us. They say that a, a dense city fog of seven blocks, a hundred feet deep, consists of the amount of water found in one glass of water. Think about that. One glass of water can be blown out of proportion that can literally bring gridlock to a major city seven blocks by 100 feet deep, one cup of water. Is that one glass of water? Is that crazy? And so for many of us in our lives, we've allowed the enemy, we've allowed circumstance, we've allowed situation to literally create something in our lives that is so blown out of proportion. When we serve a God in heaven who holds the universe and the stars in the palm of his hand, really? Are we really sweating over this? Think about that. Are we really sweating over this? Is he really our provider? Do we believe that? You know, my kids today, I'm going to leave here, and I'm going to go grab them. i got a quick lunch and a board meeting, but I'm going to take them. They, they're not worried about, is there going to be food to eat? Why? Because as their father, that's my job. Now, when they hit 18, they're going to start paying. But anyway, but now, room and board's coming. I tell them that. They're like, you're crazy, Dad. <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay. The truth is this, though. But it's my job. My job is to supply for my children. God, our Father, desires to supply for us. So let me ask you this. Maybe you walked in today and you feel that, right? God desires you to finally, the lesson, surrender your day to God and to let it go. Let it go. We do that by how? By praying, right? Grateful to thanking Him. Lord, I present this to you, and now I choose to walk in the peace of God in your freedom. I'm going to ask if you would to bow your heads and close your eyes. and You know, maybe there's, there's some in this room today and you go, you know what, Conan? That's where I'm at, man. I am, I'm struggling. I'm wrestling. Let me go here first. Maybe there's some in this room and you realize that you're not following Jesus. You realize that in your life, you go, you know, I, I've, I've either walked away or maybe I've never really even known Jesus. But today I desire to. I desire to. The Bible says that God loved you so much that he sent his son, Jesus, who willingly walked the earth and gave his life. Gave his life for you. He took our sin, nailed it to the cross. And maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, I am choosing to cross the line of faith and to put my trust in Jesus. 
And so if that's you today, and you, you know what, Conan, that's where I'm at. I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pray up here. You at your seat. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if that is you, would you just, just raise, raise your hand and go, yeah, that's me. Would you pray for me, Conan? If that's you, would you just raise your hand? You can put it right back down. Anybody here? Appreciate your honesty. Yeah. And so I'm going to ask those that raise their hand that would you just pray this with me in your own heart and mind? Just tell them, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for dying for my sin. Jesus, I repent. Forgive me. Wash me clean and make me new. In Jesus' name. Secondly, maybe you're here today and you go, you know what, Conan, I'll be honest. I, I'm wrestling with with some anxiety and some worry and some fear and I feel like I'm caught in that trap and I don't want to walk in that. I want to be, I want to be set free. I want to be set free. And so today I am making a commitment to myself and before God that I will, when I feel the worry, that's a red flag for me to bring it to him in prayer, to thank him for all that he's done, to present this worry to him. God, I give it to you. I surrender it to you. I let it go. And then as we do that, God then comes through on his part of the promise that he will give us peace that passes all understanding, which transcends all of our understanding. So Father, right now, I just pray for everyone in this room, God, that we would be able to lay down this worry. Lord, that maybe for some of us that were caught in this trap today, Father, right now in Jesus' name, I pray that you would impart your power and your love to them and we break off this fear. We break off this worry in Jesus' name. That we may walk in the fullness of what you've called us to walk in. That we may walk in the fullness of who you are. So God, we lift, I lift everyone in this room up to you. Jesus, may we walk out of here free. Lord, if we came in bound in the trap of worry today, we are set free through the power of Jesus Christ. May we put all of our worries at the foot of the cross where you died, where you bled, and where you gave your life. We love you, Father. We ask all of these things in the precious, powerful name of Jesus. Amen.